welcome to Oh My God, the podcast where we are trying to figure out who is the worst decision maker in our relationship. My name is Adam. And I'm Ryan. And I could not be in more distress in my body right now. That is true. I don't know what's going on. I think it might have been something that I ate, but like I've been nauseosis for literally three full fucking days. I don't know what it is. Like, I, it could be the Chinese food I ate. It could be the copious amounts of Dunkin' Donuts drinks that my boyfriend has been just feeding into me. Because <laughs> every time he'll get a coffee, he'll be like, you want something? And naturally, I'm thinking, this is something I don't have to pay for. So, yes, I do want something. <laughs> you, you just said coffee, and I longingly looked at my coffee that I left at the other side of the room. <laughs> As I lean over the other side of the bed Yay! to give you your coffee. <laughs> How are you doing this evening, Ryan? I know you told me to never ask you this question again, but here we are. Well, don't include that. <laughs> how are I'm you? Just, I, I, all I was saying is like, how are you doing is like such like an like a, a closed off question because people are just like, good. But well, yeah, but you're what, doing... what have you been up to is like opening the realm of possibilities of everything that we could have done before the last time that we recorded. I know what you've been up to. I was there. You know how you how I've been <laughs> here. <laughs> this, this is all fabricated. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Fuck. Oh god. My stomach is just melting with my brain, and it's just turning into soup right now. Soupy brain. I don't like that. You don't like that. I don't like how it feels. So I guess we're <laughs> I guess we're both even. Ryan and I are recording right now in our usual beautiful setup, which is Ryan's bed with a what a black non-slip ultra slim hanger book to balance the mic on it's it's not it's not bad it's i mean it's not good either but it's not it's not bad it's getting the work done and for those of you who thought we were in a beautiful studio recording together mystification broken <laughs> nobody thought that someone might have thought that <laughs> not a single person thought that we were in a beautiful studio not a beautiful like a studio or like at least like a closet that has soundproofing I feel like they can't think that because every episode you're like, we're in Ryan's bedroom and there's candles everywhere and it's a mess. And that, that was one episode. Or we're in your apartment and there's sound coming from upstairs. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, you are completely... We're, we're, we're in your bedroom, sitting on chairs. You are completely right. <laughs> so, Ryan, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Your best friends got married. They did. They did. It was a really pretty wedding. It was. In fact, it's going viral on TikTok it's right TikTok now. It's TikTok famous. It yes. is. If you are a Swifty, which, you know, statistically, at least a third of you have to be <laughs> because she's the most listened to artist in the fucking world, um, our friend Jill, when she was walking down the aisle for her wedding, she had Lover by... Taylor Swift playing, and miraculously, it perfectly timed out the lyrics for Please Won't You Stand for the Bride and the Groom. Is that, is that the lyric? I'm not a Swifty. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, get, get on your feet. Here comes a bitch that's wearing a white sheet. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> So clearly neither of us are Swifties. <laughs> I listened to that TikTok so many times. I know, I've heard I've heard that song oh, so many no, times. Ladies, ladies and, and gentlemen, gentlemen, enter the room. 
Will you, ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand with every guitar string st- scar on my hand? Wait, that's not the lyric. Really? That's a lyric? Ladies and gentlemen, please, will you please stand with every guitar string scar on my hand? I take this magnetic force of my man to be my Yes. Yeah. And uh, so as she got to the, the top of the aisle, that's when it said, ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand? And everyone just stood up at that time. But no one was like doing it because the music said it. It just happened to time out that way. Well, it was so cool. actually... As someone who was actually in the audience, there was a point where the women were like, we should stand now, we should stand now. So... Right, but that's because the women understand that that's when you're supposed to stand at the wedding, is when the bride is at the top of the aisle. Every single woman in that audience was a Swifty, including, like, the devil core girls sitting next to me who were, like, bopping along to the music. Devil core? They just had, like... They were wearing, like, these, like, satanic sweaters and had colored hair, so, oh, like, okay. devil core. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it was a really cute wedding, and yeah, she has over, what, like, two million views Yeah, on it TikTok. has over 2.1 million views, more than the population of New Mexico. So, let, is that, is <laughs> that factual? And, yes, because every time the, the viewership increases, Ben has been updating us of, uh, what the, what population state that equals. Yeah, 2.1 million uh-huh. as of 2021 is the population of New Mexico. What's their population now? Still more than 2.1 million. So, yeah. Welcome home, Swifties. Welcome home. <laughs> it was a really it was a really cute wedding. They did this they did this kind of thing that I'd never seen at a wedding before where they had to dash around all of the reception tables to take a photo with every mm-hmm. single table. Apparently, that's a new thing that they're doing now. And they did it to Mario the Kart. The Coconut Mall. The Coconut Mall, which I was like, oh my god, this is so cute. Yeah, it was fun. And it was a really great way for them to get a photo um, with every single person. It was it was at a really pretty venue, and the music was really nice. The food was in. <laughs> the drinks were in. So, I know that we're still talking about the wedding. But since we're still doing the the pre-book banter, I really want to issue your penalty. Whoa, okay. What is my penalty? Am I not allowed to talk about certain things? Because what a good initial guess. I mean, b- before the podcast, Can he I was not like... Use vowels? Before, that- <laughs> before the podcast, he was like, um, is it something I have to eat or drink? And he was like, I said no. And he said, is it something that I have to do? And I said no. So it's something I can't do. So it's actually a little bit of karma. Because there's something that you make fun of me for when I'm reading the books. Is it your accent? It's not my accent. Is it your Canadian accent that sometimes comes through? (laughs) It's when I forget to say something. Can I not use the word the? So... When we're reading the book, I, I still want you to read the text on the page. You can still say the word the. But when whenever you are just interjecting or giving some banter, you're not allowed to use the word the for the rest of the episode. And if I refuse, what's the penalty? You mean, what's penalty? What's... <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is going to make my head explode. What's penalty, Ryan? Um, the penalty... So, 
I'm going oh, to keep track. Oh, you tra- can say the word. I, I you can, can still say, say word. It. I can still say it. Um, the penalty is I'm going to keep a keep track of how many times that you say it throughout the course of the episode. It's like every. 10 that I say going to equal a, a mistake? It's not going to equal a mistake. I didn't want to I didn't want to blur the lines of the actual competition. Um, but if you do reach 10 thes, then no matter if you succeed at this book, you'll get another penalty for the next episode. That's Krusty Krab unfair. Krusty Krab is unfair! Mr. Krabs is in there! Standing at the concession! Plotting his oppression! What the heck does that mean? I don't know. Squidward told me to yell at it, people. No, no, I don't think so. You impaired my entire decision-making for the last book, which does have an effect on the actual competition. You made those choices using your own volition. I I used the volition of some expired vodka. No, I was, <laughs> I was working on podcast and... <laughs> I hate this so much. I I do too because I'm just realizing that I have to keep track of it, and I am not going to re- realize when you say no. The you're word not. The. I'm gonna slip them in every once in a while, and you're just going to think that it's norm. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> oh God. There's going to be a point where <laughs> in this podcast that you say the word the, and I don't catch it, and someone at home's gonna be like, he said it. He said it. It's gonna be the Leonardo. It's gonna be Leonardo DiCaprio thing where he's pointing at TV. Have you seen that meme? (laughs) This is gonna be so much fun. Have you seen that meme where it's Leonardo DiCaprio going? Yes. Yeah. That's gonna be. That's gonna be our audience. (laughs) Over. Interweb. Yes. I just sound like a caveman. (laughs) You too. I hate this. I hate this. Your next penalty is going to be brutal. Just throwing that out into ether. You can still say there. I know it begins with the, but you can still say there. Just hand me books so we can get started. Okay. So next. Oh, wait. What? Oh, you have a what do you mean? I do have a what do you mean. All right, let's. It's time for our favorite segment. What do you mean? It's probably my favorite segment because it's just an ongoing catalog of stupid shit I've said. Oh no, I was I was talking to the to the audience. I wasn't talking to you. I know this is not your favorite segment. All right, let's get started. Do we have a theme? So, this I was kind of recently jogged of not necessarily this memory. This wasn't something that I was around for initially. What? But when I was told it. By you initially, I said, that what do you not mean? Count. No, it does. It's something it's something that you said to me it's that something made me I say. Said that made you what do say you mean? what do you mean? It's the whole it's the whole premise. Okay. Was this had we been dating? Well, I didn't know you before then. No, is this something <laughs> I said while we were dating and I told you? Or is this something that, that happened? That is the whole in... premise. No. Did this happen before I met you? You told it to me after we had met, but... Not the, what I'm asking. I, I, I am getting to it. This instance would have happened before we started dating, but got, you had got told it, it to me. This was something I recounted from my past. Correct. Okay. That's different. Okay. Was I under the age of 
18. Yes. Okay. Was I a child? Yes. <laughs> was this about... Uh, Wait, do you know when, do you know when I was reminded of it? Yes. Was this about a weird habit I had as a kid? Yes, it was. And was it? Be- I was reminded by your mom. By my mom. At, uh... Your your cousin's engagement party, um, and I totally forgot that this was a fact that you had told me about yourself. This was about cleaning, right? It is about cleaning. Wait, was this about cleaning or about my fascination with it? It's it was about the specific fascination. Would you like to reveal to our listeners what that was? Well, there's a couple things. Is I, this you about? Can tell us both. Is this about the <laughs> magazine clippings? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's above the whole thing. Oh, it's thing. about whole thing. Okay. Um, this was a thing that I was obsessed with as a child, which is wild because you couldn't fucking catch me cleaning anymore. Did you say the magazine clippings? We're going to ignore <laughs> that. You can't just I can dive I... into the past. What? You want me to pause recording did so you, you can... Did you say the past? I did not say... <laughs> I did... This is a terrible curse. I hate you. Uh, hmm. uh, so, when I was a child, I was obsessed with cleaning and vacuums and cleaning products. Mm-hmm. When I was three years old, all I wanted for Christmas was a quick and bright mop. <laughs> Which you... If you know what OxyClean is, it's kind of equivalent to that. So, and my aunts and my family were like, what fuck? Like, I... <laughs> What fuck? Uh, that's all he wants for Christmas? And the mom was like, yep, that's top billing on his list. And also, I think, like, a Tickle Me Elmo was high up there as well, which I'm sure my mom tackled some poor woman. Not, like, poor, like, destitute woman. I mean, just, like, unfortunate woman who got in the way of my mom on her Christmas list. Got so, in what way? Her way. I start start counting us when we start reading the book. Okay, these, these will be warm ups. So since I already just said the before yes. reading the book, yes. Oh God, I'll I'll still try my best not to say it for See, practice. I I do this naturally, just omit the word the. Yes, and now I need to follow the same. <laughs> I need it's okay, to follow. It's practice. Pre-book I know. Is practice. I need to follow same situation. This is just going to make me second guess everything I'm saying. I think this is going to backfire and it's going to make episode seem weird because I can't just go off cuff. I have to think really hard. You can. You can go off cuff. It just means that for your next book, you will have another penalty. (sighs) (laughs) So anyway, Christmas morning came along and I walked into kitchen and I said, 
I got exactly what I wanted! And my little queen ass took that quick and bright mop and cleaned kitchen, cleaned living room, cleaned bedroom, cleaned bathroom. I went to some of my aunt's and uncle's houses and cleaned their kitchen, cleaned their bathroom no, for free. No, no, no charge, no nothing. Just wanted to clean, wanted to. And in addition to that, I had a fascination with vacuum cleaners. I had this clipping book, which I wonder if my mom actually has. Mom, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, and you're probably listening to this at work, your homework is to go home and find this book of magazine clippings that have different vacuum cleaners with their stats, their horsepower, their price, their specialties and features attached to them. Because if I brought this into a doctor, I would be diagnosed with autism immediately. 100%. <laughs> That that's the first thing that I said to your mom. I said, the it, like if that was a fascination of my child, the first thing I would do would to have a consultation to see if they had autism because uh, obsessions like that are. Uh, it was the nineties. No one had autism then, though. That's no, the thing. They, they did. It just didn't go. It just, <laughs> it just didn't get it, diagnosed. It, it went undiagnosed, is what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> like, no one. No one started realizing what mental health was until like mid two thousands. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. but uh, I 100% I would have been like, oh, he might have autism. Oh, we should take him in. And she was like, no, I, I that that was never a thought in my mind. Exactly, because I wasn't a Gen Z kid. If this was happening now, I would have. It would have been. It would have been just something that <laughs> that I would just know about my life now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mom, find those. Find those clippings because I really would like to see them and see just how far down the psychotic rabbit hole that I uh, what psychotic down. rabbit hole you said this was practice. <laughs> it is. It is practice for latest book that we're going to be doing. Give yourself goosebumps. Number ten, Diary of a Mad Mom. <laughs> My stomach is unwell. Diary of a Mad Mummy. Right. If you just want to hand me book underneath covers. Ryan, describe to me what you see on Diary of a Mad Mummy. Well, you've been hiding this book from me so that I can't see the cover. And I want to say that I'm I'm not as um, surprised, thrilled, excited to see this cover as really? all the this hype that you made This it. one's terrifying to me. Um, I mean, it's it's a mummy that has, like, mad scientist hair, like the gray and white tufts coming out. It has a... Uh, not a beaker. What's that called? Um, a test tube. A test tube that has something green spilling out of it that it's like fisting to the front of the book. What I'm really honing in on are those realistic teeth that are... (laughs) (laughs) There are very realistic teeth on this mummy surrounded by a green mouth. Exactly. Because it's like a rotting mouth and there's just like human teeth that are that wouldn't normally be on a mummy like do you think it's wearing like dentures it could be the i we're also missing a really big thing which is the wide eyes no eyelids no eyelashes just big ovular eyes um that are red and bloodshot he needs clear eyes for red dry eyes Try clear eyes. It removes redness and as an ingredient to moisturize. Yeah. When I when I was younger, I always thought that they were just wearing those like kind of like trick goofy glasses. Uh-huh. Like the ones that go boing, boing, boing when you wear them. What ones that go boing? The ones that go boing, boing, what boing, ones? boing. 
<laughs> the book hasn't opened yet. I'm not counting it. What book? <laughs> Speaking of book, the mummy is reading, writing in a hieroglyphic diary uh-huh. with quite precision. <laughs> it has a bunch of hieroglyphics on it, and then at the bottom, in parentheses, it says, my diary. You know, just in case anyone in America is reading their diary <laughs> two billion years from now. This is a bilingual mad mummy. A bilingual queen. A multilingual mad mummy, maybe. Um, ooh, alliteration. Mm. I liked that. The Surprise, hol- I am R.L. Stein. The holographics <laughs> on this book are pretty simple. It's just a bunch of lines and droplets and gloops in um, a rainbow holograph. I like the color scheme of this one, pink and green. Kind yeah. Of. It's matching the perfection of the mummy. I was going to say it's very, uh, like, per- like it's not purple on it, but very purple peanut butter with, like, the the contrast of the, the yes. goop in the background. Yes. Um, giving Pepto. Yeah, it is a very Pepto-colored Very Pepto-colored. Ryan, since it's going to sound absolutely ridiculous for me to read rules out since I can't say certain words, how about you tell them this episode? What word? Can you, you, can you describe it? <laughs> it's a three-letter word. It's what SpongeBob learned on his boating essay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Done. <laughs> now let's see how it looks so far. The... So, our rules... <laughs> Each week we switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. We will keep a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. And just as a refresher, you are at 16 mistakes and I am at 13. I'm at 16 mistakes? You're at 16 mistakes. I don't even remember. You lost seven times last episode. That was... So I have a little bit of a fighting chance. You do, but this this is... The, the equalizer, because I've done one more book than you. Yes, continue. On top of that, if a decision maker is able to successfully complete a book with less than three mistakes, they will win a prize. Yay. And if they have five or more mistakes, they will incur a penalty. Like this fuck-ass one that I'm <laughs> dealing with right now. And on top of that, if Adam says the ten times once we start this book, not part of actually reading any dialogue, then... He will incur a penalty for next episode. And listeners, if Ryan misses any of these, just add them in the Instagram or Facebook comments. Not counting the one I just said right now, because we haven't opened the book yet, technically. Of any mistakes that I make that he doesn't catch. Because he's not perfect, and he'll be focused on other things. It's going to be so bad because I already suck at reading and we decided to make a podcast based purely on us reading and now I have to focus on something else while I am reading. Well, whose decision was that? (laughs) Let's get started and let the tallying commence. Beware. Do not read this book from beginning to end. You and your family are visiting an exhibit in ancient Egypt when you make it a discovery of your own. A 4,000-year-old diary written by a mummy. Speaking of 4,000-year-old diary, this book has seen some shit. Look at look at condition of it. It, yes. <laughs> the, the paper book that Adam has is defiled. There, and there is some water damage that happened on the edge of it. Quite a bit of water damage. I got this 
I got this book online from a salesperson. <laughs> okay. Hey. <laughs> Did you? I had to think to make sure I didn't say it. <laughs> it sounded. It sounded like you had to like do like a drug deal in order to get this book. Like I. You sold, like, three kilos of coke in order to get the Diary of a Mad Mummy Give Yourself Goosebumps book. Hey, I do what I have to do to get my adoring fans what they want. Cool, you think, as you slip the book into your pocket. But then you find out the mummy is alive and wants more than just his diary back. He wants your body. Mm, God, (laughs) buy me a drink first, mummy. And you've got to find a way to stop him. Yummy, mommy, mummy. (laughs) There are clues in the diary to help you. But first you have to decode ancient hieroglyphic writing. Or journey to the pyramids in Egypt. (laughs) Because in the 90s they didn't have computers. Or was Rosetta Stone there? In what 90s? That's why. (laughs) And I just tried so hard. In 90s they had books for decoding, (laughs) not Rosetta Stone or computers, right? I mean, Rosetta Stone is literally in Egypt. Like, the actual Rosetta Stone. I meant (laughs) app on computer software. They, no, they... Like, muzzy. Yes, that's French they're speaking, and no, these children aren't French. They're American, and they've acquired their amazing new language skills from Muzzy. They didn't have app. They had the actual Rosetta Stone, which they are going to find. Can you unlock the secret of the Mad Mummy's diary before he gets under wraps? This scary adventure is all about you. Well, before he gets me under wraps. He's already under wraps. <laughs> he gets you under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> You decide what happens. You decide how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. If you make the right choices, you will escape the revenge of the Mad Mummy. You may even find his burial chamber filled with golden treasures. If you make the wrong choice, beware. So take a long, deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one now to give yourself goosebumps. Bing, bing. Just to reiterate, if I find that particular word on the pages, I can say them, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yep. Anything anything red, keep it as is. Cool. Welcome to San Francisco. The tour guide says. Her voice echoes. Echoes. Literally page one. Her voice echoes in the marble lobby of the office building. This is the most famous pyramid building. The city's most famous skyscraper. When do we get to see the mummy? Your five-year-old sister whines at your side. You cringe and squeeze Susie's hand. You wish you didn't have to drag her around. But taking care of her is always your job on family vacations. Where where are my parents? They're with you, probably. <laughs> I don't see them. We can't... We're, we, we are three very small child-sized paragraphs in. <laughs> we'll get there. Five-year-old child-sized paragraphs. Oh well, you think. Who cares? This is going to be the best vacation ever. You and your family are staying in a hotel in downtown San Francisco. You have a view of the whole city from your window. 
including the tall, spindly pyramid building just a few blocks away. In this month, there's a display of ancient Egyptian artifacts in the lobby, including a real mummy. You can't wait to check it out. I want the mummy. Susie whines again. I want my mummy. I want my mummy. Your older brother, Derek, chants, imitating Susie's babyish voice. <laughs> you laugh at Derek's joke. Then you whisper to Susie. We'll see it as soon as that tour group gets out of the way. You peer through the crowd at the mummy in the glass case. Hey, did that mummy just move? Probably. Turn to page two. Your heart starts pounding. It can't be, but you know you saw that mummy's arm move. Did anyone else see it? You stare hard at the brightly lit display cases in the middle of the lobby. A tour group crowds around the glass, blocking your view. You stand on your tiptoes, under a pinkish, halogen light. You can see an ancient bandaged mummy lying in a beautiful gold-painted wooden box. We're not going to hear that tour guide anymore, and I loved her voice. It's unfortunate. We'll see. Maybe she'll be here still. It's the first mummy you've ever seen. A king from more than 4,000 years ago. A dead person. A dead body. <laughs> Something about it gives you the creeps. Hmm. The tour group moves away and the lobby clears. Come on! Susie squeals, pulling you towards the mummy's case. A strange chill runs up your spine as you step closer. You gaze at the mummy's face and shudder. It's hideous. Part of the, its face is still wrapped up, but part of it isn't. You can see his dried, leathery skin stretched out over his shrunken, bony nose. You back away, and your foot bumps into something on the floor. Turn to page three. It's the mummy. You glance down to see what you've kicked. Hey, look! You cry out softly, but no one's listening. The tour group scattered. Susie has let go of your hand. She is pressing her nose to the glass at the front of the mum wooden mummy case. As usual, your 14-year-old brother, Derek, is acting as if he doesn't know any of you. So, Derek is supposed to be my older brother, so how old do you think I'm supposed to be? Like, 12? Sure. Yeah. I always feel like they're 12. They're 12. Exactly 12 every time. Every time. He's talking to some other kids by the door. Your parents examine another display case. Okay, so they're here. They're not just, like, home aloneing us. Exactly. <laughs> no one notices what you found on the floor. You pick it up. It's a small clump of folded pages tied together at the edges with dried grass. It looks like some kind of ancient book. Some sad, poorly handwritten book. <laughs> that from it's from bridesmaids oh yeah <laughs> thought it's just some sad, sad poorly. poorly written book handwritten book <laughs> oh. you open it carefully the pages seem as if they might crumble in your hands you peer at the squiggly markings on the page to your surprise you recognize words they're in English. The handwriting is hard to read, but you finally figure out what it says. This is the first day in my tomb. I am wrapped so tightly that I fear I may never breathe again. The bandages that preserve me are a prison. I am a king, yet they have brought me here, drained me of my blood, and bound me with bandages. Against my will! Stop! I beg them. Do not do this horrible thing! I am not dead. I am alive! Keep reading on page four. <sighs> Terrifying. Terrifying. I honestly couldn't think of a worse death, honestly. Just... Being wrapped alive? Wrapped alive and then drained of blood. And then covered with, like, salt. To make the skin all leathery. And then they take your brain out with, like, a hook through the nose. 
I knew a lot about mummies growing up. Mummies and vacuum cleaners. Mummies and vacuum cleaners. A memoir. (laughs) Your mouth drops open as you flip through the ancient pages. Could this be a diary of some kind? A mummy's diary? Written 4,000 years ago? But why isn't it ancient hieroglyphics? How can it be in English? This is weird. Definitely weird. But somehow, in your heart, you know the diary is real. Every word of it is true. You glance around again. No one notices. You turn to another page and read on. I am embalmed alive. Me, the pharaoh, the king. And why? For one reason only. Because upon my neck, I bear a strange birthmark. A red stain and a strange shape that frightens my people. They think it is a sign of evil. Even I am not sure what it means. Does it really mean I am evil? Could I actually hurt people? Am I mad? So back then they even had like witch trials and stuff like that. Negative B plus or minus radical B squared minus 4AC over 2A. That's correct. A girl answered a math problem. You know what that means. A witch! Oh yeah. Yeah, who knew? Back even in olden days of mummies. Can't say certain words. That's the that's that's what you're getting out of me. I almost said it again. I almost said it. Yeah, I won't count that. Your hands tremble as you flip to another page and read on. Each night my spirit walks the earth. For centuries, each night my spirit writes this diary. But now, at last, my chance has come. Tonight my body will walk the earth. Tonight, here in this strangest of all pyramids, I will escape my prison. Turn to page nine. Can it be possible? Is the mummy going to escape tonight? How? And is this the strangest of all pyramids? The pyramid building? It would seem strange to some old pharaoh, you guess. You read over the same pages again, trying to make sense of them. Each night my spirit writes this diary. It says. No way, you think. He isn't writing with his hand. He's writing with his mind. The mummy thinks something and it appears on the page. Awesome. I would have written so many books if that's how books were written. So so would everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone thinks, Adam. What an invention that would be. Wait, wait, does that exist? Where you think something and it just appears on page? That I saw something where there was uh, a documentary. It sounds familiar. Yeah, they like hooked like... um, Hooks to... No, not hooks. Not hooks. Things that track your electrical currents in your brain to see if... (laughs) Why are you interrupting me as if you know the science behind this? Because I told you this sounds familiar. I think you and I have seen the same thing. Where it's not even just um, done on humans where they put that on there to see if they could figure out the words that the brain was thinking Mm -hmm. based on, it's like, electricity patterns. Yeah, work. You shoot a quick sideways glance to make sure the lobby guard isn't watching. Then you tuck the diary under your shirt. Turn to page 132. We must be getting close to a decision. Must be. You've got to read more of this. It's amazing. The mummy writes it with his mind. Then you hear your mother calling your name. Yoo-hoo! She calls... (laughs) Again, she calls you. Bring Susie and come on. She says. She's also the tornado. <laughs> That's why they're in San Francisco. You've got to get away so you can look at the diary. Ah, oh, fuck, I said the word. Again. That's two. That's two. At least. I think I missed one earlier, too. So, I'm sorry, listeners. 
You've got to get away so you can look at the diary. You don't want your parents to see it and take it away from you. Not after you just found it. You scan the lobby for some place to go. You spot an elevator. Hmm. Maybe you can duck in there and zoom to the top of the pyramid. Finish reading the diary before someone finds you. Or maybe you could keep the diary hidden and wait. You don't want to get back into trouble with mom and dad. And besides, your hotel isn't too far away. You could sneak back here tonight to see if the mummy really escapes. The diary says, Tonight I will escape my prison. So, what will it be? I don't think this is the big decision yet. And I just said the word. That's I'm, two. I think I'm just going to incur a penalty at this point. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it's inevitable. That, that, I mean, that's only four. It's inevitable. We'll see. Maybe you'll get the hang of it. We're six pages in. And me just explaining that I said word, I said word. Mm -hmm. It was a double deather. I hate it. I hate it so much. So you have the choice to either come back tonight or take the elevator now. I'm going to come back tonight on page 20. Because I feel if I take elevator, elevator going to get stuck. Okay. I always have that thought in elevator. Yeah. A dead mummy coming alive again? You want to see that? You hold the diary inside your shirt and look, o look around for Susie. Coming, mother. You say. You'll come back tonight and find out if what the diary says is really true. See you later. You whisper to the mummy. He looks completely dead to you. Let me make sure. <laughs> let me make sure. <laughs> As opposed to alive. <laughs> yeah. You whispered to a mummy in exhibit. And the mummy just stays dead. <laughs> and they wanted to make sure that we knew. I'm feeling a deja vu moment right now. Really? <laughs> From you saying that, I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that because that time that we went to the museum and I whispered to the mummy, see you later? Absolutely. Yeah, that must be it. Must be. <laughs> and you found diary as well. I did. I found diary and a mummy was writing it with its mind. He looks completely dead to you, but you know you saw his arm move. You keep the diary hidden in your shirt during dinner in China. Chinatown. Chinatown. What is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that you have to say correctly. You keep the diary hidden in your shirt during dinner in Chinatown. I think it's be. I think I. I, I think it was dinner. I think dinner got dinner you. China. China. I think it's my. China. I think I've had this problem where I like subconsciously fight against having a Boston accent from <laughs> living in this area and I take words that end in A and add the ER just to make sure that you are not right I'd rather sound stupid than an idiot <laughs> sorry <laughs> we just lost all of our Bostonian viewers and listeners. I'm kidding I'm kidding I had um, specific people in mind. Let's go back to dinner in Chinatown. <laughs> Chinatown. You keep the diary hidden in your shirt during dinner in Chinatown. You never get the chance to read it. Back at the hotel, Susie is hungry again. She insists on ordering from room service, but they never show up. She wants to stay waiting, but eventually your parents make you all go to bed. But it's room service. They, they're waiting in their beds. They would still be waiting. They never show up. But, like, they're still gonna be in the same place, so if they do show up, it's like, okay, get out of bed and go eat the food. Finally, when everyone else is asleep, you sneak out of- Why didn't they show up? I wonder if that's important. I think they're mummies. 
or the, just a really bad hotel. They want they want everyone to know: do not stay at hotels in Chinatown in San Francisco. Mummy probably kidnapped them. Finally, when everyone else is asleep, you sneak out of the hotel. The cool, foggy night air makes you shiver as you walk two blocks to the Pyramid Building. The streets are empty at this time of night. When you reach the building, you slip in through the front door, the open front door, and find the lobby guard asleep. He's sitting on a stool, slumped over a tall reception desk. A small light on his desk gives the cavernous lobby an eerie glow. Were you going to say carnivorous? I was going to say carnivorous! Because <laughs> I read it as per- I read it first as carnivorous. I was like, carnivorous lobby? What an image. Just picks up and chews people and spits them out. Mm-hmm. And the... He's the tongue. The guard. Bring, Bring me a tool shed, or I am hungry. hungry. You step past the guard towards the display in the center of the lobby. After a minute, your eyes adjust to the dim light. Then you spot it and gasp. (gasps) Audio medium, Ryan squeezed my thigh (gasps) for what I thought was no apparent reason, but now I realize it's because he wanted me to gasp. (laughs) Then you spot it and gasp. (gasps) The glass case holding the mummy is broken. The mummy is gone! Oh no! Turn to page 36. I probably kidnapped my parents. Because all these books are, are same. You stare at the display case. Your hands are clammy. Your heart beats faster. You can't believe it. Has the mummy really escaped? All of the other glass cases are fine. There's a fancy golden throne in one, a large feather-shaped fan in another. Only the mummy display case is broken. Only the mummy is gone. You missed it. You're too late. No. Broken glass litters the floor at your feet. It seems as if the mummy practically exploded out of its case. Slowly, you inch closer. You glance down, avoiding the glass. That's when you spot it. A trail of old cloth bandages. Not just one, either. A whole bunch of them. You know this is crazy, but it looks like the mummy unwrapped himself as he ran away. You can't see the bandages well in the dark. So you bend over and pick one up. But something stops you. A noise. Someone is coming from the far side of the lobby. You better get out of here. Fast. All right. This is the big decision. Believe it or not. So I can either... That was another... It's a big decision. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being honest and catching them. Yeah, whatever. That's five. Uh, yes, that's five. Halfway there. And we haven't even gotten to... I'm so glad that I decided on ten because I was go- going to do five. And I was like, he's going to need more leeway than that. I'm going to need 20. So if I pick up the bandages, that's me reading the book, by the way. But that wasn't me saying reading. Okay, six. <laughs> fuck! Every time I try to explain myself saying something, I fuck up. That's correct. God. All right, so I'm going to run. I, I don't want to pick up gross, grubby bandages. So you're going to run instead? I'm going to run. That sounds disgusting. Okay. Picking up... why? Yeah, why am I bending to pick one up? You're not. You're running. No, but it says, I can't see bandages very well in dark. So I bend over to pick one up. I think you were going to pick it up so that you could, like, follow it, like, hand over hand, like, pull on the, the bandage to figure out where you're going. Oh, because at end of bandages, there will be mummy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna run. Great, we're gonna run. 
The guard could be making their noise, or it could be the mummy. Either way, you don't want to be found. Hide. Fast. You dash across the lobby and dart behind a pillar. Scrape. Scrape. It sounds as if someone's dragging his feet across the floor. And whoever it is, is headed your way. Who could it be? You are halfway to the exit. Your knees tremble with fear, but you can't help being curious. You have to make a decision. Of course I do. Because that's the book. That's the, that's the premise of... I've said... I said the word three times. I just, just said now? Yep, yeah, just three times. I'm just incurring that's the penalty. Eight. That's eight. I, I, it's, when, when, I use that word like an um or, or like. <laughs> that three-letter word is part of my isms. Great. Well, you have to make a decision this now. so cruel. If you stay to find out who it is, turn to page 45. If you leave now and go back to the hotel, turn to page 88. We're sticking around. I'm not pussyfooting away. We're sticking around. Sticking around on 45. You decide to stay hidden behind the pillar. You want to find out if it's the mummy. You have to see if the mummy really came back to life. Scrape. Scrape. The footsteps sound nearer. Nearer. You can't stand it anymore. You peek your head around the corner. The figure steps into the light of the lobby near, from a nearby hall. It's the mummy! And he's alive! Not clearly dead! Your heart pounds faster and faster. The diary was true. But how? How can an ancient mummy come back to life? The mummy is taller than you had expected, and bulkier too. In fact, he seems about six feet five. And he's built more like a football player than a dead king. Damn. Sounds hot. Without, you know, rotting flesh and all that. This isn't a mummy. This is a daddy. What <laughs> <laughs> that rotten mouth do? Oh, okay. He could flatten me with one hand, you think? Hot. Scrape. Scrape. Mm, flatten me, daddy. He's coming closer. Scrape. Scrape. He's bigger than his mummy case, you realize. But how can that be? Did he grow larger when he came back to life? He probably fell in, like, a bucket of water. Kind of like those little pellets that you put in and then they grow into something once you pop them in water. What little pellets? Oh, I think you said those. Those. I did say those. You did say those. I did say those. But, you know, because he's been dried out all these years, so he was exposed to moisture and air, so he's like... Yep. <laughs> Expanding. Better stop wondering and start worrying. You've been so fascinated by the mummy, you forgot that if you can see him, he can probably see you. Uh, state backstage etiquette. Uh-huh. <laughs> if the mummy in the audience... That's nine. If mummy in audience can see... If you can see mummy in audience, mummy, mummy in audience, audience can, can see, see you. you. You pop your head behind the pillar. Now what? You are hiding from a huge, living mummy in the middle of the night, and no one is around to help you. Running away seemed like an excellent idea. Is that the book telling you that you made the wrong choice? That you made the hard choice? I hope so. I hope not. But as soon as you take a step past the pillar, two bandaged hands wrap around your throat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they meant. Turn to page 78. Don't! You cry out, although the mummy is nearly choking you and you can hardly breathe. The sound of your voice is muffled, tiny, not even loud enough to wake the guard. 
The mummy lifts you off the ground by the throat. You clutch at his bandaged hands. That guard is going to get fired in the morning. <laughs> when they see a corpse of of a 12-year-old. Just wreckage. Even just the glass all over the place. Aww. And I was picturing them as Ben Stiller from Night at Museum. Hopefully Ben Stiller at Night at Museum doesn't have a family to feed. You can say that word. I know. <laughs> the, 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 the. <laughs> <laughs> One more left. You clutch at his bandaged hands. You try to pull them off your neck. His grip relaxes just enough to allow you to breathe, but he doesn't let go. You stare into his eyes. They seem hollow, empty, dead. It's our first date. <laughs> then he opens his mouth. Is he going to speak? Is he going to kiss me? What will the ancient king say to you? Find out on page 121. What is he going to say? What do you think he's going to say? Um, I found you on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you looking for an open relationship? <laughs> uh, I know that I'm used to the pyramids, but I'm really looking for an Eiffel Tower. Oh <laughs> <laughs> a very horny mummy. <laughs> And there was my tenth. Ah! How apropos on the phrase, the very horny mummy. Title of episode. <laughs> With the in, in, in parentheses. Or cat, or, or quotations. At least I can say the word the now and you not can. have worry. Yeah. <gasps> yep. Um, and I don't have to worry about keeping track of it anymore. But now when I you have said a penalty. when you said the very horny mummy, all I pictured the was very horny caterpillar. The, I was the, yeah the 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 hungry hungry caterpillar, but as like the horny horny mummy, and it was just like the mummy's face on the caterpillar. It's just the very hungry caterpillar, not the hungry hungry caterpillar. I'm thinking hungry like hungry hippos. <laughs> you hang from the mummy's grip, terrified. Your feet dangle sev several inches off the floor, but you still can't wait to hear what the mummy has to say. Welcome to the Pyramid Building, the mummy announces. Huh? That's it? That's the message from beyond the grave? Rip off, bogus. Put me down! You yell and kick at the mummy's knee. Ow! You bang your toe into the mummy's bandaged leg. Only it's not soft and le leathery. It feels hard. More like metal. Then you hear sounds down the hallway. Another figure in the dim light appears in the lobby. Over here, Sylvia. The figure calls out. Found him. The person steps out of the shadows. It's a guy in <laughs> jeans. It's a guy in jeans and a sweatshirt. It's San Francisco, so he probably didn't sound like this. <laughs> Carrying some si some kind of remote control. Definitely human. What are you doing in here? The man demands. You can't answer. The mummy still has you by the throat. Oh, it's like a robotic mummy. It's a robotic mummy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The guy pre presses a button on the side of the remote and the mummy releases you. You crash to the floor. A young woman with dark curly hair rushes into the lobby. You figure she must be Sylvia. She races over to the mummy. Brad, is Manny okay? She asks. I think he's fine. Brad tells her. What about me? You grumble. You scrape to your feet. Your neck hurts where the mummy choked you. Your toes hurt where you kicked him, and your backside hurts where you landed. Sylvia turns to you, eyes flashing. What were you doing to Manny? She puts her arm around the mummy. 
I wasn't doing anything to him. You protest. He was trying to kill me. Brad and Sylvia laugh. I guess it works. Brad says. Brad and Sylvia explain that Manny the Mummy is a robot. He's part of a publicity stunt for the exhibit. They were just testing him out to make sure he worked. We didn't expect anyone else to be around in the middle of the night, Brad says. Manny the Mummy is totally cool. So are Brad and Sylvia. They let you play with the controls. They even asked you to be part of the promotion. You get to be the one who screams. The, the end. end. Wait, so is that a good ending? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. Because, like, I didn't die. I'm famous. I'm in the promotion for the museum. Did I, did I encounter one of the good endings? So we just conversed on what to do with this ending. And we came to the decision that, as we had stated in previous episodes, we want to come to a good ending that the protagonist is setting out to get to at the end. So even though nothing really bad happened to the protagonist, he except maybe like being a little bit injured on his backside and his throat and everything that he was saying. We think that we should go back to the previous decision. We're not going to count this as a mistake since nothing bad ended up happening to the protagonist, but we're going to go back and continue the story to look for an even better ending. Not only that, I'll be damned if I release a one hour long episode. Yeah, not, not even. Not, <laughs> not even. even, not even. So let us uh, let us continue and we're going to go back at the hotel on page 88. We are. Regardless, I have a penalty anyway for the next episode. So. That's true. I'm out of here, you decide. Running into a mummy or a guard would probably be bad news. You race through the revolving door at the front of the lobby. You run down the dark, empty streets towards your hotel. Hey, are those footsteps behind you? Uh, you don't look back. You don't want to know if there's a mummy behind you. Finally, you reach your hotel room and slip inside with your key. Phew, you're safe. Luckily, everyone is still asleep. Your parents' door is closed, so they don't even hear you come in. The room is really a suite. Sweet. Your parents are sleeping in the bedroom, and you, Derek, and Susie have the living room. A thin blade of light streams into the room from the bathroom. The light is left on for Susie, who snores on the sofa. Derek is stretched out on a cot. You tiptoe past him, heading towards your sleeping bag on the floor. Why do I get the floor? <laughs> Susie's got the couch. Derek's on a cot. And I'm the middle child, so I get the floor? Uh -huh. Shouldn't Derek get the floor since he's the oldest? Nope, you're the middle child. You just said it. No, that's not that's not how this normally works. Normally, it's the oldest who gets no, screwed. No, the middle child gets forgotten. They forgot to, <laughs> to find him a bed. All right, that makes sense. Suddenly, a hand reaches out and grabs your arm. <gasps> ah! On page 131. Yeah, both of us are the oldest in our family anyway. Yikes! You jump, stumbling over Derek's cot. When you catch your balance, you spin around. You see your brother grinning at you in the dim light. What are you doing up? Derek whispers. He lets go of your arm. Where did you go? Shh. I whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing at Susie. You don't want him to wake her. Then, you tell him all about the mummy. And the mummy's diary. Let me see it. Derek demands, sitting on his cot. He loves this kind of thing. Uh, with the light from the bathroom, you can see the diary lying on top of your sleeping bag. You had to bring your sleeping bag along because the hotel couldn't fit another cot in the room. The diary is right where you left it. Except, you didn't leave it lying open, did you? 
You rush over and pick up the ancient book. Someone has just written in the diary, and the ink is still wet. Find out what it says on page 118. Whoa, Derek. You murmur softly. Something really freaky is going on. Trembling, you sit behind, beside Derek on the cot. You read the new entry out loud. I have waited 40 centuries for this night, the night when the stars are once again just as they were on the night of my birth, the night I can return to life. He's an, an, he's an astrology girl. Well, my horoscope said that I shouldn't assume responsibility for anybody but myself today. But now it is not to be. Why? I was too eager. I tried the spell too soon and the diary has fallen from my hands. I knew it. You whispered to Derek. I knew I saw his arm move. That's when he dropped the diary. You go back to reading. And now my diary has been stolen. My life has been stolen. I must take revenge on the one who steals my magic. Perhaps destroy the thief. Revenge? Destroy? Those words are horrible. They jump out at you from the page. A terrifying warning. Derek lets out a low whistle. But how did he write that? He asks. How did he get in here? You remember the words you read earlier. He, he wrote it with his mind. You explain. Derek's eyes widen. But how? A knock on the door cuts him off. Who's there? Page one, two, six. It's probably room service that Susie ordered a while ago. You clutch Derek's hand. Don't answer it! You whisper. Derek stares at you. But it might be room service. He protests. Room service? Now? You glance at the clock. It's 1 a.m. Yeah, we ordered food three hours ago, remember? Derek says. But it never came. Maybe that's it now. Or maybe it's the mummy. You argue. Only one way to find out. Derek tells you. He's right. And as scared as you are, you know you have to find out. Uh, is there a living, living mummy on the other side of the door? Okay. You grumble. A quick peek. Hold on a second. Derek grabs the diary out of your hand and shoves it into his under his mattress. Then he nods at you. You cross to the door and take a deep breath. You open the door just to crack to peer out. All you see is a gauzy bandaged arm. Are you going to open the door all the way? If no, turn to page 23. If yes, turn to page 40. Hmm. Sounds like a trick. If I open it partway, the mommy's probably going to force it open anyway. So I'm just going to I'm just going to open it full balls on page 40. You decide to open the door. Your heart is racing. What if it is the mummy and he knows you took his diary? Will he be mad? In one swift, action-packed move, you fling the door open, take a flying leap, leak, and karate kick the person standing there. Okay, that was not the decision to make. It was just to open the door. It wasn't to matrix my way across the room. Kapow! He tumbles halfway across the hallway. Uh-oh, big mistake. It was my dad, or the Secret Services, or... Secret Service? I don't know. The... Because they found the mummy The book. secret room service? <laughs> <laughs> yep. With a horrible clatter of plates, glasses, and silverware, the hotel room service waiter crashes to the floor. Secret room services. Whimpering, he gazes at you from the floor with a bowl of strawberry ice cream melting on his chest. Pieces of club sam sandwich decorate his shoulders. A big blob of mayonnaise drips from his ear. What did you do that for? He asks, moaning in pain. He glances his right arm wrapped up in bandages. Oops. You say. You gulp. Your face turns bright red. I thought you were a mummy. A mummy? The waiter repeats. He shakes his head. Man, this hasn't been my day. 
First I cut my hand and now this. He moans again. Oh, 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 I think my leg is broken. What's going on? Your mother demands from the bedroom. It, it, it was an accident, Mom. You sputter. Then you start apologizing fast to your parents, to the waiter, to your parents again, and even to Susie for waking her up. Everybody's mad at you, except for one person, Derek, and he can't stop laughing. Turn to page 34 to find out why. Derek is laughing uncontrollably. I got you. He squeals, pointing at you. I got you good. Got me? You stammer. What do you mean, got me? The mummy! The diary! He wipes tears of laughter away from his eyes. <laughs> I made the whole thing up. I brought this diary from home. Derek explains. I made this paper in art class. I knew we were going to see the mummy when we got to San Francisco, so I thought the mummy diary scam. So I thought of the diary scam. Then I dropped this in the lobby of the pyramid building by your feet. I knew you'd fall for it. You'll believe anything. Mom! You complain and try to kick Derek in the shins, but your mom fails to see you as the victim that you are. After she helps up the waiter and hands him some money, she sends both of you to bed for the whole day. And since you and Derek share the same hotel room, you can't escape his teasing. Then something occurs to you. What about the mummy? He did escape last night. You were there. You saw the broken glass. Looking at, looking at I know what you're thinking. Derek says. It's weird that the mummy disappeared last night just like I wrote in the diary. It must be some freaky coincidence. Yeah. You agree weakly. I guess so. But you're not 100% sure. Still, you feel a lot better knowing that it was all a big joke, even if you do feel dumb. At least there isn't any mad mummy after you trying to get revenge. You do a lot of great things for the rest of your vacation. You ride a cable car, then visit the Golden Gate Park. You even take a ferry to Alcatraz, the island prison. Thanks, book. Thanks. It isn't until you get back home to see the headline in the paper. FBI nabs mummy nappers. Restore 4,000-year-old mummy to San Francisco office building. Looks like you weren't alone in the pyramid building that night after all. The end. Is R.L. Stein just like, oh, I'm lazy. There's a quick ending. Here you go. Yeah. Another I one. Yeah, another quick ending. Um, I don't I don't think it's a good ending. No, I don't think so either because... Well, I didn't get murdered by nabbers, but yeah. That's no, true. It, it's uneventful. Yeah. It, well, not only is it uneventful, your parents are mad at you, have less trust in you, you injured the waiter. I still got to go to Alcatraz. Yeah, but you've set yourself up for a life that you might end a life up of there. Crime. <laughs> yeah, so this will be my first mistake, and we will open the door part way. So no, you're not going to open the door all the way. Yeah, I'm gonna open it part way. Twenty three. You nope. You you That's me. you. It's you. You slam the door shut. It's him. You whisper to Derek. It's gotta be. You lean all your weight against the door. No way is that mummy getting in. Knock knock knock. <laughs> Such a polite mummy. <laughs> oh, actually, it has different. It has um, different punctuation. It does. It's knock. Period. Knock. Dash. Knock. So, knock. 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 Who's there? Mummy. Mummy. Who? Mummy. Me. Uh, <laughs> let's a spicy meatball. <laughs> 
Made you laugh. It can't be the mummy, dummy. What <laughs> really made you laugh? Derek says, hopping off his cot. He stomps over to the door and shoves you aside. I mean, is a mummy going to knock politely on the door? Knock, knock. Don't open it! You beg. You reach for the doorknob to stop him. Too late. Derek swings the door open. Standing there in the dimly lit hallway is a small figure wrapped in ancient bandages. Room service! The mummy! Oh. Before you or Derek can stop him, the mummy pushes through the doorway. There's a mummy standing in your hotel room. You can hardly believe it. You stole my life. The mummy whispers slowly. Now I will take my revenge. You are too stunned to move. All you can do is turn to page 38. In their diary. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. <laughs> turn to page 38 in the diary. The mummy's hands shoot out and grab your throat. He pulls you towards him. Revenge The soft wheezing sound between each word the mummy speaks is terrible. It fills your ears, making you shudder. Noted. Soft wheezing sound. Do you want to retry Revenge Will Be Mine? He'll say, he'll say more stuff. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. You struggle against his grip. His hand is tightening on your neck. You can hardly breathe. Why isn't Derek helping you? You glance at him. Derek standing next to you, wide-eyed, wide-eyed, mouth hanging open, frozen with fear. Derek! Derek! You try to say, only it comes out as Dak! <laughs> Dak! Shut up, Dak. Because the mummy's grip is so tight on your throat. Finally, Derek snaps out of it. He lunges towards the mummy, but the mummy backs away, still grasping you by the throat. The mummy lets out a wheezing breath. <laughs> Or else. Turn to page 105. Give the mummy the diary or else what? You're almost too afraid to wonder. The mummy repeats. He shakes you by the throat, making you gag. I must have the diary's the mummy's musty, hot breath on your face. It wheezes out between its hard, thin lips. Finally, he lets go of your throat. You lurch away from him, but he clutches you tightly by your arm. He's got some grip for a little dead guy. <laughs> Give him the diary! i said that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Give him the diary! You croak. You rub your sore throat with your free hand. No way! Derek says. We can't do that! Why not? Are you nuts? You yell, then you glance toward your parents' bedroom door. Mom! Dad! You shout. From behind the door, you hear your mother's sleepy voice calling back. Go back to sleep. You kids are going to be a wreck in the morning if you don't settle down. But Mom! You holler. Not another one! She calls back. Now good night. From her tone, you know she means it. You're on your own. The mummy tightens his grip on your arm. There's a mummy, Mom. Mummy, Mom. Turn to page 110. Derek, please give him the diary. You beg. Not until he lets you go. Derek insists. The mummy hesitates. Wheeze. Wheeze. Finally, he releases your arm. 
Uh, your knees shake as you race to Derek's cot. You reach under the mattress and yank out the mummy's diary. Here! You rush towards the ancient mummy. Not so fast! Derek grabs your wrist to stop you. Listen, I know about these things. Mummies, ghosts, alien, it's always the same. We let them loose on Earth and we're in big trouble. I've seen it in movies a lot. Helping dead people come back to life, well, it's a big mistake. Don't give him the diary. He could turn back into some kind of crazy evil monster. But Derek! You interrupt. He's already come back to life. What's the big deal? And anyway, he's going to kill me if we don't give him the diary. Derek shrugs. Okay. He says. Don't say I didn't warn you. You'll be sorry. Derek sounds pretty sure about this. What do you think? Well, you would probably not give him the diary because the book is warning me not to do it. So I'm not going to give him the diary. I'm going to keep it. You're going to keep it? Mm-hmm. Because he's probably... If I don't... If I give him the diary, he's probably going to do some, like, magic mummy mumbo-jumbo and turn me into a mummy. But remember, from, from the magician, the correct decision was to give him back the book. That's true. But I don't think that... Personally, I would... I would make the same decision in keeping Yeah. You decide Derek is right. You can't let the mummy have the diary. It seems really creepy to fool around with magic. Especially magic that brings someone back to life who's been dead for thousands of years. No deal. You tell the mummy. Close the case. <laughs> Banker? <laughs> then, just to be sure he doesn't grab the diary away from you, you rip it to shreds. He stares at you with his hollow, hollow eye sockets. It gives Cockney, you chills. Cockney was last episode. <laughs> all of Stares at you with its all eye sockets. It gives you chills. Uh-oh. Now he's really mad. Really mad. Then I must seek my revenge. The mummy says, letting each word escape between wheezing breaths. It's hurting my voice, so he's not wheezing anymore. The mummy, the mummy's hand darts out. He grabs your wrist. It's unbelievably strong. You must come with me. He says. Dragging you down the hall. Or... Or you have a choice? Every book I do. <laughs> or let me have that child. With the last word, the mummy lets go of your wrist and points to your little sister who is asleep on the couch. Hmm. Should you go with the mummy, page sis, six? Or should you let the mummy take Susie on page 64? So I'm not letting... I'm not gonna... I'm gonna go with the mummy on page sis. On page six. <laughs> because if, uh, if I let the mummy take me, the book's probably going to be like, um, excuse me? No. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go with the mummy on page six. Let the mummy take Susie? You can't do it. No way. You tell the mummy, your voice shaking. Take me, but leave her alone. Yes. The mummy whispers in a hoarse, raspy voice. He gri grips your wrist with his gauzy bandaged hand and starts to drag you out of the hotel. Wait. You tell the mummy. I need to get my jacket. The mummy stares at you for a moment, then releases you. Don't worry. You whisper to Derek as you grab your jacket. I'm just going with him so he won't hurt Susie. I'll get away from him as soon as we're outside. Okay. Derek whispers back. I'll follow you. No, you won't. The mummy says to Derek. Then he points his bandaged finger at Derek's head. Instantly, your brother is frozen stiff. He can't move. Oof, damn. Petrificus totalis. <laughs> but you can, so move over to 53. <laughs> Bye, Derek. You stumble as the mummy drags you down the hotel hallway. He leads you out a side service entrance. Fog floats in the darkness, just above the street lights. The back alley is empty, except for a rat that scampers away when he hears you coming. Once you're outside, you figure it's time to make a break for it. Let me go! You cry. 
You try to pull away from the mummy, but you can't. His hold on your wrist is powerful. His grip is like a steel vice. Come on. He rasps in his breathy whisper. We've got to hurry. Hurry? Where? Quickly, the mummy brings you back to the pyramid building. No one sees you sneak back into the lobby of the building, not even the guard who is still asleep. Silently, the mummy pulls you towards the sarcophagus. That was his resting place for 4,000 years. Shattered glass is still scattered all around. Get in. The mummy orders you, pointing to it. Get in. Into the sarcophagus. Mm. If you get in the mummy's case, turn to page 68. If you try escaping again, turn to page 21. I think if I go with... I, I think I need to keep going with him or else he's going to be like, Nope, I'm going to go get your sister instead. So I'm going to get into the mummy's case on page 68. Getting into the mummy's case. Which is kind of cool, honestly. This might turn me into a mummy. <laughs> your throat tightens in terror as the mummy points to his sarcophagus and repeats the words. Get in. No way do you want to do it. Lie down in a musty old box where a mummy lay dead for centuries, where you may be locked for eternity. The thought is horrifying. But what choice do you have? Derek isn't going to show up now. He's back at the hotel, frozen stiff, frozen by some ancient magic the mummy used. If I don't get in, the mummy will point his finger and freeze me, too, you think? Exactly. Mummy got mummy magic. I'm not fucking with that. You lift one leg and then the other, climbing into the small, gold-encrusted wooden box. The mummy's case is carved in the shape of a human being. A shiver runs through you as you lie down. How, how come you fit so snugly into the mummy sarcophagus? How come you feel as if it was made just for you? Is this more than mummy magic? How long will you have to stay there? Will you be able to breathe? Is the mummy going to bury you alive? The mummy lifts the heavy wooden lid and begins to lower it. In an instant, you will be sealed inside this airless box. Possibly forever. You've got to do something. Instead, I'm just going to turn to page 72. <laughs> help! You cry out, trying to wake the guard. Someone help me! The mummy's dead eye sockets stare at you coldly as he starts to bring the lid into its place. Wait! You cry. I can help you. Your mind races with ideas, trying to think of some way, any way to save yourself. Then it hits you. Even without the diary, I can bring you back to life. You say. For the longest moment, the mummy just stares. His wheezing breaths are the only sounds that echo in the marble lobby. Will he believe you? You can? He finally asks. Yes! You declare firmly. Well, you can on one condition. If you read the Goosebumps book, Return to the Mummy, and if you can remember the secret chant that brought that mummy back to life, think hard. Your life depends on it. Oh, this is one I didn't read as often. If you think it was... Klatu Barada Niktu, turn to page 32. If you think it was Tekikaru Tekikara Tekikari, turn to page 37. I feel like if I say the right thing, it's going to be a dead end. So I, This is honestly just a crapshoot. I'm going to say it was Tekikaru Tekikara Tekikari, because that sounds better than Katu Barada Nikto. See, Klatu Barada Nikto sounds familiar to me. And it, like, leans me towards wanting to pick that. But I think it's because it's, like, something else. It's also reminding me of, um, Halloween Town. Halloween Town? So I'm Like, can't to... you picture Marnie being like, Klaatu brought a Nick, too? I guess. 
Anyways. Or, or Barada Nick 2, Nick 2, Nick 2. Like, I don't know. It's just... Yes, I'm, I'm going Teki Karu, Teki Kara, Teki Curry. I know a secret chant. You tell the mummy. If I say it five times, it will bring you back to life. You start to chant the powerful magic words. Teki Karu, Teki Kara, Te- Wait! The mummy cries, holding up its hand. I know that chant. It does work. But I am not ready yet. The mummy holds out his bandaged hands to help you out of the sarcophagus. Then, he quickly takes your place in the box. He seems to almost smile as he settles back into the mummy case. All right. The mummy says. Close the lid and say the words. I don't get it. You say. Why do you want to come back to life in a mummy case? The mummy gives you a sad, faraway gaze before answering. That is the only way. He tells you. My diary would have brought me to life now. In this wonderful time of yours. But your magic is different. It works another way. Another Another way? How? You ask. Never mind. The mummy warns you. Then he nearly shouts. Just say the words. Now! Page 84. The mummy's angry voice terrifies you. Close the lid! He shouts, his voice booming. Shaking you do as he says. Shutting him into the mummy's case. Then... You begin to recite the ancient words. Teki Karu, Teki Kara, Teki Kuri. You say, your voice trembling. That's one. Teki Karu, Teki Kara, Teki Kuri. That's two. A reason I picked this one is also because it kind of sounds like the same thing you say to bring the dummy to life. Karu, Mara, Karu, something. Yeah. Yeah, and Arlstein likes to repeat things. Well, that that's... The words that you say to the mummy is... I mean, the, the words that you say to bring the dummy to life is an actual translation of, like, actual... Um, it, it's either it's either ancient Egyptian or Latin. Oh, well, then, here we go. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think it means life. Uh, you say it a third time, but now your voice is steadier. You concentrate hard, making sure that the words are in the right order. Teki karu, teki kara, teki kuri. Then a fourth. Teki karu, teki kara, teki kuri. You take a deep breath. One more time and the mummy will come back to life. You hesitate and swallow swallow hard. Do I really want to do this, you wonder? What about Derek's warning? What about not playing around with dead people? Why not just walk away and leave the mummy lying there, trapped in this closed case? You think about it as you turn to page 25. For an instant, you consider not completing the spell, but you can't. Not after you gave your word. <laughs> Besides, the mummy seems so lonely. Oh, I'm falling for it. Teki karu, teki kara, teki kari. I think that's how you're actually supposed to say it. <laughs> Not techie karoo, techie kara. Well, there's no way it's going to work after you just said it a different way. Oh, no. You chant quickly before you lose your, lose your nerve again. You hold your breath, waiting for the mummy to come back to life. <gasps> Silence. Nothing happens. The lobby of the pyramid building is even quieter than before. A strange stillness hangs in the air. It's as if the whole world has suddenly come to a grinding halt. A horrible thought creeps into your head. Is everyone dead? You glance over at the guard. He looks like he's still asleep, but he's not snoring anymore. If he's asleep, it's a deep, dreamless sleep. Sweat trickles down your neck while you wait for the mummy to, mummy's case to open. Nothing. Nothing but silence and the sound of your own heartbeat. Finally, you can't stand it any longer. You reach over and open the lid. What will be inside? Turn to page 8. 
No! You cry out. You stare into the woman box, wooden box. The mummy is gone. And something else is in its place. Gold. Tons of it. Coins, little statues, scepters, and crowns, all made of gold. For a moment, you can't believe it. Is this some kind of illusion? Is there a trap door in the box? A sliding panel? Or mirrors? You've seen this kind of thing done by magicians on TV. You lean into the box and feel the bottom and sides with both hands. It's solid. You pick up one of the coins and bite it. It's really gold. You must be... Spongebob? Yeah, you must be um, trained in knowing what gold tastes like. And when Spongebob as a 12 year old. bites the little coin to make sure that it's real. Yeah, I mean, it's a real thing that like people had done to test to see if things are actually gold. But... I thought it was just Spongebob who did that. No, no. No. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't baby me. <laughs> yeah. I guess the chant worked, you say to yourself. Maybe the mummy came back to life in Egypt. Maybe he went back to his own time and sent the gold to thank me. He said he was a king, didn't he? Then you hear a sound that makes you turn around. Thank you. A voice whispers, echoing in the empty lobby. It's the familiar voice of the mummy, with the wheezing sound between each word. But the mummy is nowhere to be seen. Thank you for saving my life. He says. I hope this gold can repay you in some small way. And now, I, King <laughs> Boothramaman. Boothramaman? Boothramaman, yeah. Boothramaman, bid you farewell. The, the end. end. Good ending! This is the good ending. I got the gold! You did. But I didn't go to Egypt. You didn't go to Egypt, no. But I'm rich. You're rich. I'm rich, and I saved the mummy. Oh, um, by the way, I um, looked and saw what the um, other option was going to be for what... What do you think those, what do you think those words are? What do you think those... Let, let's play a... It's from something, It is from something. Let's play What Do You Mean? What do you think these words are from? Read it to me. Klatu Barada Nikto. Klatu Barada Nikto. It's... Now I'm picturing Dave the Barbarian. No, it's from... It's from something. Is it from another Goosebumps thing? No. Okay. I know I've heard it. It's Which from, is why I wanted to stay away from it's it. It's from a movie. Klatu Barada Nikto. It's from a very old movie. A very I don't think you're going to get this. A very old movie. A very old 1950s sci-fi movie. I was thinking, the, I was just going to say The Mummy, but I guess not. No. No, I don't think The Mummy came out yet. And like Frank, Frankenstein? No, it's from the day the earth stood still. Oh, and what is it? What, what happens? I don't know. Let's turn to page 48 to find out. Um... It's making him. Oh, wait, what? Mummy begins a lower level. Wait, is there anything you want? So it's coming back to life. I mean, you're beautiful now. Oh, it. He, no, he's literally saying, "Ha, ah, that is from an old movie. You know nothing. You are doomed." He's. Just, he, he, it's just something else. It, it continues the story, I believe. Where? Oh, that's how you actually go to Egypt. So I just got the lucky ending where I saved Daddy Mummy. Well, no, this wasn't Daddy Mummy. This was the little mummy with the big grip. Uh huh. <laughs> Big the, the gorilla the, grip mummy. This is the poll for the week. Do you prefer a daddy mummy or, or a small mummy with small mummy with a good grip? 
That's actually a really Mummy good. with a good grip. Mummy with a good grip. <laughs> Got that gorilla grip hand. Uh, so, I only died once, then. You did. I only died once. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're for in the lead. For, for once. once. Finally. Ah! <laughs> Um, you do have another penalty for next I week, do, though. I know, but, you know, oh, fuck Greg, I won. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a penalty and a reward. Wow. So I get chocolate. Oh, so what is it going to be, like, poison chocolate? <laughs> is it the penalty? It's chocolate, but I hid a nail in one of the chocolate bars. <laughs> Please don't do something like that. No, no, no. I, ha- I had an idea, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it. What were you going to do? Well, you said poisoned chocolate bar, so I thought about giving you, like, a weed gummy or something before the next one. No! But your anxiety can get so bad from it, so... Exactly. That, or I thought you were going to give me, like, laxative chocolate or something like that. (laughs) No. Yes, please, don't poison me. No, I'm not going to poison you. Yeah, no, just give me, give me chocolate, and then we'll, you'll figure out my penalty. And I have to figure out your penalty for the next episode. You do. Because you gave me the penalty that keeps on going. Yes, yes. So I'll probably give you just a one a one kind of penalty. Something you can't do or say. Okay. Or something you can't. Or, I don't know, maybe like a, um, kind of like a thing where you, like odd numbered choices, you have to pick the, like the second choice or something like that. Kind of like, you know, when you play, um, Haunted House Trivia and you cut off one of your fingers. Mm-hmm. So let's say I cut off one of your fingers for one of them where... Yeah, I was trying to... I I purposely was trying to find something for you, though, that wasn't going to interfere with your actual decision-making. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I didn't want the, the penalties to inhibit your actual decision-making. Mm. I'll think of something, then. Because if, like... You're only limited to one option, then, like, there's no... Exactly. Then, like, it kind of undermines the... I'll think of something. Yeah. I'll, I've got a creative brain and a creative mind and a creative thought. Speaking of creative thoughts and creative minds, we have pretty much finalized our um, our details for the Patreon that is going to be coming out soon. It is, um, it'll have multiple tiers and you will discover those tiers, uh, in a future episode once we have a bit more content backing up, um, for it. I just want to let you know that it is absolutely happening and we thank you for your continued listening, your continued patronage, and your continued reviews, comments, likes, all of those things above. We love that you guys are an engaged bunch. Additionally to that, we've also been in talks with some notable guests that are going to be coming down the pipeline. They won't be coming immediately next. They will be probably sometime in like the next few months. But rest assured, we are getting some really nice connections from people that I know, people that you know. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for what the future of our podcast is going to hold. Yeah, we are going to have guests on our next couple of episodes. Yes, um, they're we not are. notable. No, and they aren't special. <laughs> no, they're pretty special. No, to they're, me. they're special to us in certain ways. Yes, because these are going to be people that we are selecting for each other. Right. We picked people to represent us ourselves last time. Now we are asking people that we think are going to be bad decision makers 
to represent the other person. So I'm going to be selecting my person for Ryan, and you will hear them in the next episode when we read the 11th Goosebumps book. Wow, we are we're cruising. We are. We are. We're one-fifth through the podcast. Well, we're one-fifth through the Goosebumps books. Yes, yeah, so we're one-fifth through the Goosebumps books. After that, we'll dive into the seven zillion um, other um, make-your-own-decision books. Including the one that actually is the reason why the copyright is allowed, is in place. Yeah. Yeah. That one will literally just have to keep calling a make-your-own-decision book. Yes. So, from our, from Ryan's bedroom to yours, or wherever you are listening, (laughs) (laughs) we want to thank you for being podcast listeners, and hopefully the guests that Adam has coming for me will have the ability to... Make good decisions. I'm telling you right now, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Good night, guys. I trust them. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Oh My Yod is an independently produced podcast by Adam Beauparlant and Ryan Perry. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Oh My Yod Pod and Facebook. Email us your questions and comments at ohmyodpod at gmail.com. Remember, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review is always a a good decision. decision. That's the the premise of I've said I said the word three times. Just now? Yep, just three times. (laughs)